This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on January 9th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. There are some things you can do to maximize an inheritance or some other big influx of money. We'll cover that in our next segment right now. The week ahead will include key data on inflation and the latest reading on consumer sentiment. We're also still digesting the government jobs report for December, which was released on Friday morning. We're joined by Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services based in Pittsburgh. Gus, thanks for joining us this afternoon. It seems like we're dealing with a two-part story when it comes to inflation. The first part was released on Friday morning, and that is the December jobs report. The second part will come out on Thursday in the CPI report. Let's talk about how one will inform the other, especially when it comes to wage pressure in the December jobs report. Um, yeah, so what we're seeing is is that wage growth is slowing. Uh, it's still up pretty sharply on a year-over-year basis, but not as bad as it was, and that's reflected primarily in services prices in the United States. Uh, we expect that the CPI is going to be flat in December from November, but the core inflation, excluding food and energy, is going to be up three-tenths of a percent because we are seeing businesses pass along higher wages, particularly for consumer services. What we're seeing now, it looks like an economy in which inflation has plateaued. Um, It's still surging in some sectors of the economy, especially on the services side of the equation, but it seems like everything is beginning to even out. Uh, That's right. We're seeing uh, energy prices obviously have been falling for a number of months. Uh, We're seeing prices for many types of goods falling. Uh, Car prices are down, particularly used car prices. But services inflation remains strong as the higher wages are leading businesses to raise uh, services prices. And if you're the Fed and you have a uh, flat relatively flat CPI report. How do you interpret that uh, information? Is it time to taper or is it time to just uh, hold them where you got them? Uh, I think what we'll see is the Fed will continue to raise rates in early 2023, but at a slower pace. Uh, We are starting to see inflation gradually slow, but it still remains much higher than the Fed would uh, like. Uh, Services inflation tends to be sticky from month to month, so the Fed is concerned that high services inflation could get built into the economy and prevent uh, inflation from slowing over the longer run. So they still need to push back against that somewhat. That being said, the inflation picture isn't nearly as bad as it was three, six months ago. 2023 is going to be the year we find out uh, if people's uh, recession predictions uh, were worth their salt. And we'll get a little bit of an indication later in the week as the big banks start to report for their, their Q4 earnings. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I I think we are seeing, and let me make it clear that this is about 
the banking system as a whole and not PNC in particular. But what we are seeing is is that with uh, higher interest rates, that loan demand is declining, uh, and that is uh, you know that is a concern for banks if they're not able to make as many loans as they were previously. And uh, we did see that with uh, Goldman Sachs, and that uh, they're beginning to the process of layoffs because the uh, the deal making frenzy has slowed down in the uh, face of higher interest rates. Uh, that, that's right. And, and obviously, a lot of that investment banking uh, M&A activity is tied to what's going on with interest rates. So that makes it much more expensive. And I think that that is going to be a concern for the financial services industry in 2023. Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, strategies to handle an inheritance or other financial windfall. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. There are some key things you can do when you receive a financial windfall, such as an inheritance or even a, a major gambling win. Let's get some help from Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, thanks for joining us today. At one time or another, Craig, we all fantasize about winning the lottery, or maybe uh, all of your horses come in, or maybe there's that long-lost relative that uh, you never heard of, but uh, let's say invented the Rubik's Cube, and all of a sudden, there's a lot of money they're going to give you. Uh, what do you do when you find out that maybe a five, six, or seven-figure payout is headed your way? Well, as long as I don't have to solve the Rubik's Cube to get my inheritance, I'm going to be in good shape. Yeah, you know, if the, you re- <laughs> It's been around for 40 years, Craig. I haven't cracked that particular code. That's right. But if you receive that inheritance, sincerely, whatever that windfall might be, the first thing everyone needs to do is take a pause, draw a big breath, because far too many people get lost when the new money comes in. The emotional dynamics of money of windfall is so different than money that we earn. And the first thing is I tell everyone it's going to take some time, especially if we're doing a state settlement. It could be six to 12 months months before someone sees the aggregate of the estate distributed, because again, 50% of America doesn't have a valid and enforced estate plan. Now, you as the financial advisor, I mean, this is where being a psychologist or an ad hoc counselor comes in, because how many situations have you encountered where a uh, a, a rather uh, high net worth estate uh, is being uh, dispersed to relatives, and that's now the source of a major family fight? Uh, consistently and constantly. You know, at the Wealth Management Group, we remind everybody that estate planning is not about giving monies to the ones you love. Estate planning is about messaging. And I think we do a very good job of putting people in a position to be successful with that large windfall. But not everybody is set up for success when that money comes in. And I think it's so important that people don't fall into the trap of what I call having a different set of values. I mean, Rob, for some reason, everyone treats their tax refund like it's found money compared to the money they get in their W-2, even though a tax refund is nothing more than the government giving you your W-2 wages back that you had over withheld. And I see the same thing happened with windfalls. People tend to be much more spendthrift with windfalls as opposed to the dollars that they receive from earning through their employment. And that's why we really need to sit 
and create a plan where dollar one and dollar last is going to go so the opportunity isn't squandered. And then very quickly, Craig, uh, if you do receive a windfall, let's say it is a major award, and it's not a leg lamp uh, from a Christmas story, it's actually some serious money, uh, do you tell anybody? Do you keep that to yourself so you don't all, you don't get phone calls from long-lost roommates and people claiming to be a, a third cousin twice removed? Well, if I were to win the Powerball from $1 billion, like we all heard about in 2022, I would be radio silent for absolutely everyone. You're right, because far too many people are going to come out of the woodwork. And you have to remember, if you receive a windfall, secure yourself first so that you can then pour into and help others. But if you don't take care of home base first, you're not going to be any good to anybody else. Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, Apple getting set to announce a major new product. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Apple is expected to unveil its long-awaited mixed-reality headset in the coming months, with deliveries beginning in the fall. Let's learn more from Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, founder of the Met Academy. Follow him on Twitter at Shelley Palmer. Shelley's based in New York. Shelley, thanks for joining us today. 16, well, 16 years ago today, Apple made an announcement that revolutionized how we use the Internet and how we communicate with each other, and that is the iPhone was unveiled 16 years ago today today, and it was really a revolution in uh, how we consume content. And it seems like, Shelley, the virtual reality world, they're knocking on the door of that breakthrough. It hasn't happened just yet in the way that the iPhone revolutionized everything as far as uh, keeping the internet portable and with you at all times. Uh, is this virtual reality helmet, is that a part of that uh, breaking through for virtual reality? So I think it's important to understand that we're almost at the end of handsets. Your phones can only get so much better. They are the size that they can be based on human physiology. The screens are the size they can be. The resolution is as good as it can be. You're already at displays that are more um, accurate necessarily than your retina. You can't see any dots with the OLED and retina displays we have today. So what's next? And what's next is going to be some kind of either augmented reality, mixed reality, or virtual reality headset. Augmented meaning we will add some data like a heads-up display. Mixed reality is some kind of combination of objects and things that are superimposed and or built into our we're shown in our real world with some haptic feedback so we kind of know what's there, or virtual reality where we're sensory deprived and living in a world that's completely virtual. Apple is going to come out sometime in the spring with a new device that will be an extended or mixed reality headset. They don't quite know what it's going to look like. We do know that it's called, uh, that the operating system is called XROS, probably for extended reality. And we think it's going to be called the Reality Pro. All this is rumors, and it should ship in the fall. And it's going to be the first attempt by Apple at uh, what's after handsets. And I couldn't be more excited about it. It's not possible. It's going to be amazing. And then, Shelley, uh, very quickly, uh, when it comes to the Apple ecosystem, when this helmet or this VR device is uh, released, they, the, the Apple ecosystem is a lot larger now than it was 16 years ago. So what are some things you could potentially do with this virtual reality device? 
I think they're going to extend entertainment first because that and communication because that's where they are really concentrated right now. Um, I, I, my suspicion is it's going to be more of an extended reality or mixed reality or possibly augmented reality. I don't know that it will be like Oculus Quest or MetaQuest 2 uh, or Sony VR, PlayStation VR, where you are in a virtual world. I'm pretty sure Apple's going to try and mix our existing or real uh, experiences with these augmented experiences first, because that's the easiest thing to do. They have to learn about how big the batteries are going to be and the processor speed and there's so much to learn. We know they've been experimenting with this for years, and the idea that it's been announced, that, or I should say rumored that the announcement is forthcoming, gives me great hope that we are right on the cusp of something awesome. Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, founder of the Met Academy. Follow him on Twitter at Shelley Palmer. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead, a vehicle for drivers who want to change colors at their own whim. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply this is chicago's news traffic and weather station news radio 105.9 The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden is set to meet with the leaders of Mexico and Canada. This is Brandon Eisen, a dramatic reimagining of Soldier Field, shown now through a virtual video tour. Automaker BMW has a concept car with the ability to change colors through a technology that can be applied to other things. And at Stock Picker Monday, we'll get a pair of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM Business, the the markets are higher. The Dow up 128 points. The Nasdaq is up 215. The S&P 500 is up 38. Sunshine today mixed with clouds, a high of 41. We have 40 degrees right now at O'Hare under mostly sunny skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, President Biden has already scored a diplomatic win of sorts ahead of this week's summit with North American leaders. The details from correspondent Sagar Magani. After visiting the U.S.-Mexico border, in Texas, the president headed for Mexico City and landed at the nation's newest hub. It's more than an hour's drive from the capital center, but the airport is a prized project for Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. The two leaders don't have the same warm relationship President Biden shares with others, but the airport arrival was a nod to Lopez Obrador's desires. They'll join Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau the next two days in discussing migration climate change, and the economic benefits of the three nations working together. Sagar Magani, Washington. A video released yesterday explores a reimagined soldier field. The new virtual video tour from Landmark Development shows not only their proposed reimagining of soldier field with increased seating, immersive fan experiences, quadrupled food and beverage amenities, expanded veterans memorial, and a translucent dome, 
but improved access to and from the venue with a multimodal transit hub. The video rendering explores the proposed pedestrian-oriented transit hub protected from the elements and merging CTA, Metra, Amtrak, and a new Shyline downtown circulator system paired with a dynamic year-round entertainment district with interactive experiences focused on sports, museums, food, music, arts, and live entertainment. A link to the new video tour is posted on the WBBM website. Brandon Eisen, 105.9 WBBM. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks kicking off the week on an up note. Joining us now to discuss what's driving financial markets higher is Shah Galani, Chief Investment Strategist, MoneyMorning.com, based in Miami. Shah, thanks for joining us today. Now, the the markets are off their highs for the session from earlier this morning, but they're still uh, above the flat line, and it sounds like they're uh, maintaining uh, the optimism from last Friday's jobs report. They're well above the flat line, Rob. I I think what investors saw on Friday that they liked so much uh, wasn't necessarily that, oh, my gosh, there are more jobs being created. Oh, my gosh, unemployment has gone from 3.7% down to 3.5%, which would might think that they would encourage the Fed to continue to raise rates. What they saw that they liked was that wage growth had slowed. So if the economy is still adding jobs, if we're still in a strong economic condition, but wage growth is slowing, that bodes well for inflation. That bodes well for a potential soft landing. The economy can still grow. We can see some abatement in inflation, abatement in wage growth. Aha, then the Fed will likely hike a couple more times and pause. We have uh, two CPI reports so far uh, that have sug- that suggest that inflation, at the very least, has plateaued. And uh, we might, you know, what, what's, what's the smart money saying about uh, the CPI report on Thursday? Uh, it's, the numbers are a bit all over the place, but the trend, as far as most of the consensus uh, uh, I've seen, uh, is below trend. So it's still going in the right direction. So the average analyst is saying we're going to come in a little bit lower than expectations. The trend will continue to be down. And that, of course, is a positive in terms of watching inflation debate. And I think investors are hanging their hats on that. I think an upside surprise, Rob, if, if CPI comes in above trend or certainly above uh, November's number, that would be a bit of a shock to the market. And I reassess the thinking on what the Fed's future plans are. But right now, the trend seems to be down as far as inflation. And that's certainly a positive for investors, certainly for the markets, too. And, and when, when talking about the Consumer Price Index report, and this is one of my favorite stories of the year, and it's, it's, a, it's a job that maybe people should try to apply for, and that is the CPI. I mean, you have a couple of uh, indications of where wage pressures are going and price pressures are going. You can see where wage growth is at. You can also see gas prices. You can take a look at the cost of food. But the CPI is the aggregate of a lot of people going out into stores and writing down how much things cost and then come back and they sum it all up and that's the CPI. So there's a very good chance that the CPI number could be far away from the uh, the, 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 the wage numbers we've seen, the gas prices number we've seen, and it could really surprise because it's kind of outside of the data points we already have. Well, that's the problem with a lot of the, quote, surveys that are done in terms of how we get prices, how we get certain uh, 
input from the folks that are surveyed over the phone. And uh, that is remains and always will be a problem. And that's why the numbers, you know, one number does not necessarily make a trend or two or three, because we can see that uh, upended. But I think that given, and as you brought up, the price of oil has come down considerably since the last report. Gasoline prices are down considerably. Um, foods prices have stabilized, but they're still well above trend. The other thing that's really uh, above trend is if, uh, services prices, inflation. Goods prices have come down, and at the at the manufacturing level, the producer price level, uh, we've seen now about four months in a row of decreases in, in producer price input costs. So that bodes well. So I, I, I'm optimistic that the trend will continue to the downside. Shah Galani, Chief Investment Strategist, MoneyMorning.com, based in Miami. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, a look at BMW's color-changing concept car. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Your future car could include the ability to change its colors. Let's learn more from Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive reporter based in Detroit. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Uh, first up, before we talk about the uh, color-changing car, you were at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas that uh, used to be in Chicago a long time ago. And uh, the CES vibe, does it look, would it, did it look uh, pre-pandemic? Uh, did it look like it did in 2019? You mean crowded, can't get around, and uh, people jostling everywhere? Yeah, yes. It was almost like that uh, again. And, uh, you know, you go through the the hall that had all the automotive displays, including the color-changing car. It was packed. There were some elaborate exhibits. I mean, it looked like, like the Chicago Auto Show on steroids. And with, uh, with, with BMW, they have this color-changing car. Is this... Uh... Is this like uh, like a mood ring on wheels, basically? <laughs> yeah, you know, do, do you feel like a blue car today, an orange car, <laughs> screaming yellow? Well, this can change colors. I also saw a picture of it in kind of a checkerboard fashion. Now, it, it's meant to show technology, and it's pretty cool technology. It's kind of like taking an e-reader and putting it on a vehicle. So it shows the technology. Will they actually do this? Well, there are a couple things they're not talking about, like one is cost. Uh, I've got a feeling it probably would be prohibitively expensive, and I don't really know how this would do in a Chicago or Detroit snowstorm with salt or in a car wash. But it is kind of cool, and it shows you what you can do with technology. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, after uh, the last two weeks of winter weather that we both have experienced in Chicago and Detroit, uh, uh, we all have color-changing cars. They are ch- <laughs> all changed to a shade of gray. Yes, Exactly. And, and having seen a few uh, concept cars or concept uh, car technology at, uh, as you talked about, the Chicago Auto Show over the course of the last uh, couple of decades, I mean, some some concept cars and concept pieces of technology look cool, and that's as far as they go. Uh, are there practical applications for the color-changing car outside of it looks neat? Yeah, I think the really practical application would be You know, this is on the exterior, but on the interior, because the real competition these days is, hey, my car has seven screens. My car has eight screens. So screens are a big thing in vehicles. And, and, you know, having nice looking, rich display screens is something that makes a vehicle attractive. So I think this is technology we're going to see more of in the interior of a car. I mean, I remember 20 years ago, the first time I saw just a clunky 
big, almost like color TV display in a car. I thought that's really cool. Now you get into, say, the Cadillac Escalade, and you're surrounded with a beautiful screen. And Mercedes has something called the Hyper Screen, which is, you know, more beautiful than your average plasma TV at home. And I guess I'm dating myself by saying plasma. I guess I should say OLED. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that, what 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 is this, Jeff? Two thousand six. The yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm the same way though, because because plasma at the time when HD TVs came out, uh, that was top of the line. Now uh, LCD has in its various uh, its various uh, descendants has uh, taken over the uh, the flat screen space. But you talk about car technology, and I remember getting in, you know being a going to. Sp- swimming lessons when i was seven years old you got in an oldsmobile and it had the reminder the talking reminder to uh, put your seatbelt on and that seemed like the future back then and now um you go inside an electric car and that looks less like an actual vehicle and more like the cockpit of a shuttlecraft on the starship enterprise and you brought up the talking car now cars can do a lot more than say your door is ajar uh they're, they're actually a several examples at CES of car companies wanting to compete with the Alexas and the series of the world and, and putting in their own digital assistant that instead of you taking your digital assistant from home into your car, you take your car's digital assistant at home. So that's going to be the next battlefield. And, and, and if you ask why, that's because car companies would like to sell you more services so that they get more money from you than just paying for a car. So the uh, the electric vehicle arms race, that's becoming old hat. Now it's uh, all the gadgets you can stuff inside. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's been the arms race for a while. And, and people have been talking more and more about gadgets and technologies than about MPGs and horsepower, but those are there as well. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive Reporter based in Detroit. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come our Monday Stock Picker. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday and helping us out today is Ken Crawford, Portfolio Manager with Argent Capital in Clayton, Missouri. Ken, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, Two stock selections today and the first one is in the area of cybersecurity. That's right, Rob. Fortinet, which is a leader uh, in cybersecurity, and obviously some of the things that we were seeing on a global stage um, make security top of mind for investors, and then not infrequently, pretty much on a weekly basis, we hear about major hacks that that enterprises are dealing with. So uh, when you look at Uh, expected spend, even in the face of a potential slowdown in the economy. Uh, Spend on cybersecurity is continuing to be strong, and Fortinet is a leader there. And uh, before we move on to the next one, just how much growth have we seen in this particular sector in the last just couple of years alone? Because as you mentioned, this is a uh, a recession-proof business, uh, good times or bad. Uh, someone is always trying to uh, break into your computer network and they get more sophisticated. That's right. Uh, literally billions of dollars are flowing into the industry. And if you look going forward, expectations are for uh, sales growth to continue in the double digits and earnings, at least for Fortinet, in the 20% uh, plus range. So continued expectations for strong growth in the future. And the uh, next one is a credit card that used to say it's everywhere you want to be. That's right, Visa. 
Um, so uh, perhaps somewhat dissimilar to Fortinet, probably we'll see some slowdown if we have a recession, but we would take that opportunity to load up on Visa because if you look at the global payments network, it's pretty much divided between Visa and MasterCard. Um, and one of the things that, not surprisingly, we saw during COVID was an acceleration in purchases using plastic or various forms of plastic, certainly helping uh, the Visa network, and we would expect that trend to continue. That's a very interesting observation, uh, just how many entities now are 100% cashless as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. They went, they did away with cash and coins uh, as, a, as a virus mitigation measure, and that stuck. And uh, now plastic rules the world. You can't uh, live without it. That's right. And, and again, uh, the world, by and large, is made up of MasterCard and Visa, so it's it's a nice duopoly, certainly for them. Um, and as you mentioned, the, the convenience and the security, uh, somewhat tying back to Fortinet, uh, is enhanced with the Visa network. So we like their barriers to entry and their continued growth prospects in the future. Ken Crawford, Portfolio Manager, Argent Capital in Clayton, Missouri. Thanks for joining us today on Stock Picker Monday. His selections are Fortinet, Inc., which is F-T-N-T. That's the ticker symbol. And the other one is Visa. It's a very simple simple ticker symbol. It's simply V. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.